may thing about cycling and social economics na parang pinapoint out sa Twitter si Anton C na parang we shouldn't glorify people who so much people na nagko-convert sa bikes kasi choice namin yun eh parang ako I'm privileged to have a choice I like people who don't have a choice no but then at the same time no now that personal choice kasi is a way for me of reali- realizing na mas convenient talaga siya sa akin parang it makes more sense for me to ride my bike uh, more than riding a car or uh, parang makikihati pa ako sa public transport mobility is a public good in any public good thing it's the masses that actually rep- should represent that type of good that was Dr. Andrew Omali a bike commuter emergency doctor and an advocate for urban mobility my name is JP Alipio and you are listening to the Wildcast Podcast Welcome back to the Wildcast Podcast. And before anything, I would like to make an important announcement about the Wildcast Podcast because we would like to welcome our very first podcast sponsor, and that is Atlas Commune. I have to tell you about Atlas Commune. I've been using their products over the last month or so, and it's such an amazing company. This is a company, a startup company, that is bringing in products that are part of a circular economy. What does that mean? What does that mean to be part of the circular economy? It just means that for every product they bring in, for every product that they sell, they make sure that each product has a cradle-to-grave life as well as giving back to the environment, to the communities that it serves. So it's very rare to have products like this. And all of their products are actually eco-friendly. So one of the products that I use uh, regularly now is their Rocketbook. The Rocketbook is this amazing notebook where you can actually write on the notebook, record what you've written on the notebook, and it goes to the cloud, and erase the notebook and reuse it for more writing. So it's like an endless notebook something that you can reuse over time and really you know it, it's something you don't have to buy new notebooks because you can you can write on the notebook and er- take a photo it gets uploaded to the cloud all your notes are there and erase the notebook when you run out of space and then write again so there's sustainability for you and uh, all of their products are like this they have solar-powered floating lamps, um, and they are part of 1% for the planet. So it's really, really uh, unique for the, the company space, the corporate space in the Philippines, to have a company that truly embodies this circular economy. This is, this is the lifestyle that I've been living uh, pretty much all my life and I'm really glad and really happy to be partnering with Atlas Commune check out their products they're Atlas Commune on Instagram and atlascommune.com and I mean they, they just bring some great products that not only are great for you they're also good for the environment 
And we're back. This is the Wildcast Podcast and I'm your host, JP Alipio. This is episode 38 of the Wildcast Podcast and we have a very special guest on this episode. Of course, every guest on our episodes are special, but this episode is a little close to my heart, uh, especially because it is about bikes. It's about biking. So I talked to Dr. Andrew Mali about cycling, cycling to work. He is a full-time, I'd say 90, he says 95% um, bike commuter. That means every single day, rain or shine, he goes on his bike, he goes to work, he goes to the hospital, he goes home, he goes to his errands. He even does deliveries of COVID care kits for um, VP Lenny's e-consulta. Uh, on his bike so that's like three hours every time he does the deliveries to different COVID patients around Metro Manila this guy is amazing and really what uh, what this discussion sort of highlighted to me is how there are so many new cyclists out there now who need to listen to this episode because we really talk about some really important things we talk about uh, how to make streets safe for cyclists. We talk about um, why we shouldn't be gatekeeping. As as someone like me who has been cycling for 20 years, sometimes we do tend to gatekeep um, this space which we are in. But the truth is, I have to check myself sometimes as well after this conversation because it's true, you know, we, we have to be open that there are new people coming into this sport new people coming into this lifestyle of cycling and we have to be open to all of them young old from whatever social class and i think this is a very very important conversation to be having right now when there's there's a bike boom all over the world and as a doctor in the philippines i mean i start this conversation asking him in, in the Philippines, most doctors are expected to drive a car. There's actually a parking space for doctors um, in every hospital or clinic or whatever that says, Dr. X, this is your car space. You're special. Um, but here's a doctor who is bucking the norm. He is taking his bike and going to work every single day seeing patients even on the street sometimes he sees patients because he has seen a few accidents on his way to work on his bike and uh, this is Dr. Andrew Mali this is his story and our conversation about bikes bike commuting urban mobility and why it's important that everybody has access to safe spaces in our cities have a listen there's always this saying in the Philippines uh, oh doctor ka dapat maganda yung kotse mo I'm sure you've heard this many times no? Na, oh you're a doctor this is the car you're supposed to drive this is the the lifestyle you're supposed to live as a doctor and you know you're a young doctor and you're you're basically um, doing the opposite of what's commonplace for a lot of, what a lot of Filipinos are expecting uh, of doctors in the Philippines so so thank you so much for for coming and uh, sharing on the podcast. Sure, glad to be here. Yeah, so so Sigur, to start, maybe you can give a little bit of a background on yourself. No, um, 
a lot of the listeners here will sort of want to know a little bit more about you. Uh, I know you went to Ateneo, uh, yeah, yeah. Ateneo Medis- Medical School. Yeah. I actually first saw you uh, on VP Lenny's feed. She, <laughs> she featured you delivering their COVID care packages. So, so maybe to start off, you could give a little bit of a background on yourself. Uh, okay, so I'm Andro. Uh, I'm an emergency medicine physician. So my specialty is emergency medicine. Uh, basically means I'm a specialist for everything that's an emergency. So like uh, internal medicine, which is a uh, person who's a uh, specialist for adult medicine or a pediatrician who's a specialist for pediatric medicine or a surgeon who's a, who does surgical things. I'm an emergency physician. So anything na emergency regardless of age, gender, um, um, condition, um, that's uh, actually what I specialize in. So, um, uh, like I mentioned, I, I, I currently work at one of the big hospitals, private hospitals in Metro Manila. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I did it from the Ateneo. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. I, I actually see on your feed, you post the parking lot of your hospital very often, no? and especially the bike the bike parking of your hospital. Is this something, how how big has the change been since the start of the pandemic to today in terms of your hospital starting to cater and recognize uh, cyclists as uh, actual commuters, no, not just the cars? Okay, so before uh, the pandemic, the bike parking was uh, when you compare it to the car, it's like a, a half a car park slot. So that it only accommodated wow. mga eight <laughs> Five bikes. bikes or something. Yeah, eight right. yeah. So but Mm-mm. then after that, uh, during the surge of uh, COVID, uh, they started. Uh, so many people started looking for other ways of going to the hospital, and one of them guys bicycles. No, so more people started getting on bikes through many options like bike loaning, bike lending, or being given bikes by various people like uh, Life Cycles, si Lakisha, or uh, si That's Sir right, Carlos, no, Life Cycles. Yeah. And even si Aldrin ng MNL Moves. No? So what we needed to do was accommodate those bikes. Um, before, doon sa pictures ko, uh, the hospital created uh, parang an in, uh, temporary bike parking doon sa may back end ng hospital. So it was able to cater to like Ma 20 to 30 bikes but then okay parang through restructuring and then they realized no uh, i worked i actually worked with before last year i worked with the hr department um i realized they realized that the bicycles are not going anywhere so we trans they transferred the parking slots from the outdoor parking to the hospital so initially when they did that it was only able to accommodate siguro mga five to six car parking slots mm-hmm. now it's up to around 12 to 15 car park slots yung allocated for bikes and uh, so the whole car park slot is allotted to bikes now parang kung titignan mo yung sa pictures um hindi nila parang kasi alam mo yung mga markers kung saan may nagpapalit ng ilaw kung occupied yung car park slot yes so basically that as one car park slot so, siguro mga okay, samp- okay. Sampung, sampung ganon sa isang strip plus yung tatlo na dun sa may gilid. So, mga 13 na car park slots. Pero, syempre, may spacing yun. Mm, to galing, allow, ah. That's, that's, yeah. 
So, may spacing yun yeah. to allow yung that's, mga... That's significant for... Nice, nice. And yung mga nagbabike dyan, are they all employees of the hospital? Um, I don't have... Uh, we don't... Parang we haven't taken note of kung ilan talaga. But, significantly, yes. Pero we've, we've had... Parang I've anecdotally seen patients. Kuwari, uh, kasabay ko, magkari. Tapos, hindi siya mga staff. Tapos, magtatanong saan yung mga check-up. So, may mga ganun. And, uh, I, I've right, known people... Right. I personally known people who have bike to our hospital for check-ups, ganun. So, yun. But significantly, staff yung yung nag, uh, gumagamit ng bike parking spaces. Mga siguro, let's say, eyeballing siguro mga 80 to 85% of the time. Hindi pa masyado yung mga patients. But I think may, sig- may increasing number na din ng patients na pumapasok for check-ups na nakabike. And from the staff, would you be the only doctor cycling to work? Because uh, the tendency normally in most most companies is the lower level staff. Uh, sila yung nagbabike to work. You know the the uh, the janitors and and ano sila yung uh, they've been taking this advantage of cycling to work even pre-pandemic, di ba? Um, ha- have you noticed it? sort of creep up to more of the middle level management and upper level management of the staff aside from yourself so doctor siguro i've i know five oh okay five na na doctors ha na five so myself then two from my department from emergency medicine so tatlo kami Actually, yung isang scooter. So, dalawa nakabike, isang nakascooter. Then, two to three others from from other departments. So, ano. But from middle management naman na non-physician, merong mga, ano eh, may mga middle managers na nagbabike din. Parang meron akong kilalang nurse na medyo high-level nurse na siya nagbabike or yung mga head nurse na ibang units nagbabike din. But, uh, yun nga din. Um... What's unique about the hospital kasi is yung mga uh, nursing, yung mga nurses namin and they're actually professionals, no? I mean, uh, hindi naman sila, con- I mean, if you look at the socioeconomic strata, they're considered professionals, but they bike. Pero yun nga din, like what you mentioned, it's it's common reality to see na more of the front, uh, sorry, the mga rank and file employees yung mga nag-bike most of the time. So, yun. So, yun naman yung reality, no? But yeah, and were you a biker pre-pandemic? Um, I started. Uh, I knew how to ride a bike before, before ba? I mean, ever since I was little. But I took bike commuting. Took up bike commuting in 2016. Then I fully uh, converted. To, okay, so matagal na rin. Yeah, but I co- co- fully converted to bike only transportation mode. No 2018. So 2016 usually a uh, mixed type parent of mobility like sometimes I still use the car or public transportation pero I fully converted to the bike noong 2018 So noong 2018 nag-convert ka to cycling to work every day ano yan throughout the rainy season every single day uh, ginagawa mo yun or may mga times na iniwan mo yung, yung bike mo sa bahay and taking your car noong before 2018 before 2018 ganun ako like um, I've had folding bikes so, bimodal transportation, usually, uh, 
kung umulan, I wasn't so confident enough, magagrab ako or I'll take the LRT. But no 2018, parang mas na-feel ko na gumamit ng full-sized bikes. Tapos, uh, and I got accustomed to like cycling more. So, I got to be able to prepare for any type of weather. Until mas naging regular siya. So, yun nga eh. Uh, <laughs> parang uh, there was a asan aside no parang may, may may thing about cycling and social economics na parang pinapoint out sa Twitter si Anton C na parang we shouldn't glorify people who so much people na nagko-convert sa bikes kasi choice namin yun eh parang ako I'm privileged to have a choice mm-hmm. I like people who don't have a choice That's no? true that's true But then at the same time no th- th- that personal choice kasi is a uh, way for me of reali- rea- realizing na mas convenient talaga siya sa akin. Parang it makes more sense for me to ride my bike uh, more than riding a car or uh, parang makikihati pa ako sa public transportation. So yun, uh, nung, nung siyempre, it's hard, for, so, nung nagsastart ako, it's hard really to conceptualize oneself in a bicycle, especially na hindi rin safe. Um, it's actually counterintuitive nga for my specialty kasi uh, as an emergency physician kami yung nagre-receive. Emergency yung medicine. Mga, yeah. No, mga, mga roadside incidents, mga trauma. So some some of my colleagues are actually find it weird na parang nag-bike ako. Hmm. And even my parents, no, uh, although I live alone, uh, my parents aren't in favor of that. So parang syempre, Just to reassure them, yung start, parang bimodal. Sabi ko, sige, pagsyadong mulan. But then I got enough, confident enough and parang I loved it more. So, nag-convert na ako to full bike commuting. There are, siguro I've, I'm able to cut down my trips. To, noong 2018, na-cut down ko siya. Ang, ay sorry, na-increase ko ang bike trips ko to 80% of my mobility travel. And then now, it's 95%. Wow hindi na ako nagka-car at all. 95%? Yeah. So, yung mga few times na nag-aling, aling. Uh, those are the times na I, I'm not able, for example, I have to bring like my relatives or I need to drive a car for them or parang I need to bring, uh, my, bike, my bike is broken, <laughs> mga kailangan repair or I need to bring more stuff than my, what my bike can do. Pero on a daily basis, nakamabike na ako. How long does your bike commute usually take? Um, depende kasi I have uh, I, I live alone pero my, my, my brother lives in uh, BGC so may mga times na um, depende rin kasi sa situation sa kali so but most of the time I, I go home to uh, Tagig BGC area so yun mga ano yun eh 6 to 7 kilometers one way so in that in that uh, context siguro yung 6 to 7 kilometers na yun kaya kong gawin in 30 to 35 minutes as compared to being on a car na um thank you for listening to the wildcast podcast and if you've just found us thank you for listening to us um If you like this episode, please share it with your friends. Please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Share it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all of that. Um, 
One of the things that we always ask our listeners is to help support the production of this podcast by buying us a coffee. It's as simple as going to buymeacoffee.com slash wildcast and buying us a coffee. You can buy us one, two, three, five, ten coffees and that really helps support the production of this podcast. So thank you so much for listening and here's Andrew O'Malley. Continue listening to our episode about bikes and bike commuting and thank you see you out there we were talking about your your commute to work no how long it takes how far it is and uh ah, yeah Ayan, so pagaling ako ng bgc siguro mga 35 minutes yon mga 7 kilometers one way then i i pass by c5 so even before na Walang bike lanes. Uh, C5 na talaga ako. Tapos, pero yung pinaka-important um, kasi when you look at, uh, actually when you even look at international data, ang pinaka-benefit talaga ng cycling is short to medium range co- uh, commutes. So yung place ko dito sa may um, Pasig, it's actually just 3 to 4 kilometers, siguro mga 3 kilometers away from the hospital. Lapit lang. Pero nung nakakar ako, it used to take me an hour. Kasi sobrang traffic. Sobrang... Wow, 43 kilometers. No? Yeah. So nung nagbike ako, it took me 15 minutes lang. So nakasave ako ng like one-fourth of travel time. So yun, yun yung pinakamalaking impact sa akin. Kasi yung mga sometimes, syempre, like uh, yung sa BGC, kung ikakotse mo yun, two hours yun. Eh, yung, malaki din yung impact nun. Plus, working pa yun, di ba? Y- yeah. Yeah, I, I you know I used to I used to live in Manila. Ngayon kasi sa Baguio na kami nakatira. I, I'm really from Baguio. And um I used to bike to work, no? Uh 2011 to 13. Uh, uh ko dati sa ILO sa sa RCBC. And I used to bike from White Plains all the way to RCBC which had a bike rack sa loob ng sa loob ng parking even at that time, no? Um and noong umpisa, sinubukan ko munang magkotse, syempre. And, uh, you know, you have to leave at a certain time in the morning in order to reach your destination on time, no? And then I decided, oh, maybe I'll take the train. Ganun din sa train, eh. Pag lumampas ka na at a certain time, ang haba na ng pila. Uh, mabilis yung train, pero yung pila pagpasok dun sa train, sobrang, sobrang tagal din. Uh, eventually, yun nga, binaba ko yung bisikleta ko and I, I started biking to work. And the real benefit for me at the time was having a fixed amount of time it would take to get to work, no matter what time I would leave. So, kung umalis ako ng 8, 9 o'clock, nasa, nasa office na ako. Uh, hindi, hindi tulad ng kotse na umalis ka ng 8.01, iba na yung time mo uh, getting to work. No, So, there's, there's really a big discrepancy in terms of time. And, and at the time, you know, like unlike just last year lang nagka-bike lanes, last year lang talaga nagkaroon ng awareness no with cycling what i used to do was i would i would have what i call them parang happy routes i w- i don't normally pass through edsa mas malayo yung dinadaanan ko papunta sa work and i would take these uh they're normally they're two way streets i don't like the highways na one way lang eh. those those feel safer for me uh so kahit mas malayo mas pleasant yung route uh, going towards the office or wherever I'm going. And, and that's the way I used to design 
uh, my roots around Metro Manila na kung kunwari pupunta ako ng QC, I'd, I'd go around a long way. Maybe it adds 3 or 4 kilometers kuminsan as opposed to just passing through the EDSA route. Pero it feels safer. It feels, you know, kuminsan may mga puno dun sa route na yon Mas maganda. Uh, slower yung cars also. Uh, is that something that you you do or decide although ngayon kasi the routes are more direct with the with the bike lanes no okay so a lot of uh people in the this, uh, this uh, advocacy field like um si uh, Rob si Aldrin and even the people from the Netherlands embassy will always tell you that the best cycling routes are the most direct routes so the faster routes are the best routes talaga but siyempre, um given the fact that there wasn't so much cycling infrastructure before, kung may magtatanong sa akin dati kung paano pupunta ng this destination, ganun din yung sasabihin ko. Like, I would barely pass by EDSA before. Um, I would use um, back routes, like what you mentioned, uh, smaller inner city routes. No? Siyempre, aside from the, well, the consideration really is safety. Um, not not so much yung distance, di ba? At saka yung weather. Yeah. Uh, and, or y- yung trees din naman pero yun really safety sa syempre some people are concerned before na o paano kung mausok o yung init ng kalye so syempre the, the smaller streets will have less car volume less uh, smoke pollution no? but at the same time it, it it's more even difficult actually for example when you um, ang typical example ko dyan is when you bike from uh, Pasig to uh, Makati no um the direct route is basically going hitting EDSA and then going all the way down to Guadalupe Cloverleaf uh, and then going to JP Rizal, Rockwell, or Mati Avenue diretso na. But when you, ano, when you take the smaller back routes, you either take, uh, or di kasi, uh, hindi, masabilis para show. So magsushow ka, magle-left ka, papasok ka ng uh, inner parts ng show. Depende kung dati yeah. nabukas pa yung Australia Bridge or the Pioneer Mahati, area, di ba? Mga ganun. Yeah. Or the Mahati Madluin Bridge. So, pero yun, yung terrain doon, sobrang hili. At saka That's sobrang... That's true, yes. Oh. Sa at the same time, yung challenges sa smaller states, yung mga jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, may mga kanya-kanyang challenges yung depende yung mga routes. Pero yun nga, um, yung best kasi for cycling commuting is the fastest. The shortest. The shortest and the fastest way. So now, uh, well now kasi, aside from the the bike infrastructure that's been laid upon, um, the number of bike commuters kasi has increased. So may kasama ka. So pa nag-bike ako, kung sa EDSA or sa C5, mas may kasama ka. Okay yun it's eh. It's safer. Before, oh, yeah. Yeah, kasi, More pickers means it's safer for everybody, di ba? Yeah, at saka mas, mas kita kayo kahit iba-iba kayo ng routes. Kasi mas, kasi mas marami kayo ng bike eh. Dati, nung before covid um, C5 ang daan ko from BJC or Tagig area mag-isa lang ako eh Oo, be- I barely see anybody there pero ngayon may significant increase na talaga eh so yun um, I guess in, to answer that question to loop the answer to that question it really depends then kung how confident you are on the bike uh, dapat hindi <laughs> dapat kasi really it's about infrastructure support and policy uh, what's good now is merong infrastructure pero um, depende din sa confidence level mo kung game ka na dumaan na EDSA kahit may infrastructure hindi naman yun yung best infrastructure that's possible although meron 
So yun. But then, at the end of the day, the fastest route, the shortest route is the best pa rin. So, for my community. And, and talking about you know, jumping off from infrastructure, one of the other things that happens na pag dumadami na yung cyclists is sort of a mind shift, a cultural change, not just in the cyclists. Uh, like you say, you feel safer, di ba, with, with a bigger group of bikers, but also in in the driving public. Uh, because of there's more bikers, there, it's more likely that you'll know someone who's a cyclist. Uh, there's more awareness of uh, the dangers for cyclists. And napansin mo ba na binibigyan ka na ng extra space pag nagbabike ka, hindi ka na ginigit-git. Uh, it's something... Napansin ko kasi ito when I used to bike, I, I used to have a... Uh, uh, doon? Yung, yung pang Japanese bike. Uh, a Japanese bike which is which has a basket in front, and I use it to go to the groceries. Mas mabait sa akin yung mga drivers pag yun ang gamit kong bike versus pag gamit ko is a mountain bike uh, or, or or a road bike. I feel there's there's sort of a psychological, ano na, oh, this guy's on a regular bike. He's not racing me. I'll give him more space. So uh, is, some, is the increase in cyclists and the increase in uh, space allowed for cyclists on the road, has it, given you uh, or have you noticed any cultural changes in the drivers in the, in the driving public in Manila? Uh, medyo mahirap sabihin yan kasi huh. so, I'll start with the personal muna and then what 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 I've known for other from other people in the who I've known who ride bikes so on a personal level um, wala siyang effect sa akin kasi uh, I've been able to been I've been riding naman talaga ever since then. So parang uh, the in general how I feel about uh, riding my bike hasn't really changed. But then when you talk about uh, how uh, motorists are around me, um there is a significant change naman uh, that I could say na parang uh, both good and bad. The good one is nga, well, like like I mentioned like you mentioned um, na-recognize na yung bicycles, no, sa kali, na parang, like, uh, before, uh, bubusinahan ka lang, or, ano, or sisingitan, or parang wala silang pakialam. Pero ngayon, um, since nga may awareness about it as being transportation, um, with, uh, at least may support rin ng government, mas nakikilala na yung bikes. So, yung general disposition nila, mas okay. Like, they give you enough space, uh, right. most of the time uh, na-allocate nila. Pero I think the, the better uh, the better um, the more positive uh, outlook now is not actually on the motorists eh. It's more on the institutions or the buildings or the places that we go. For example, yung bike parking sa TMC lumaki. Yun, malaking positive impact yun sa akin. Or the places that I go on the bike, pag nakita ka nilang nakabike they don't really mind. Dati pinapaalis ka o dati mm. parang ano ka lang, salot ka lang. Pero di nila alam, paying customer ka pala. Um, the increase in bike parking spaces has also been a great uh, benefit. Um, 
um, one good example yung SM. Uh, so, si Aldrin has, uh, and the SM companies and other institutions have worked together and they have provided actually good bike infrastructure. So, and the facility infrastructure talaga. Sobrang lakang benefit nun eh. Galing, Kasi galing. Kung magbabike ka, so wala kang pagpaparkan or wala kang paglalagyan. Parang, yeah. din yun. So, yun yung pinamalaking benefit. However, sa, on the other end of the spectrum, siyempre mas pansin ka na. So, dati, para nagbabike ka, wala nang papansin sa'yo eh. Ngayon, dahil pumapansin. Like, for example, bike lanes. Um, the thing about bike lanes is ang mentality dapat natin sa bike lanes is it's to keep cars out, yeah. not to box bikes in. Right. Ang nangyayari kasi ngayon, the tendency now is even in the mindset now of motor vehicles is, oy, may, may lane na kayo. Dyan lang dapat kayo. Dun ka lang. Oo, oh, dapat dun pero ka lang. that's the thing. I mean, hindi... That's a good point. Kasi ganito eh. Ganito kasi, well, in my opinion lang to ah, the way I've observed it, for example, truck lane, doon lang yung truck, hindi siya pwede sa iba. Mm. Motorcycle lane, doon lang yung motor, hindi siya pwede sa iba. So, they're treating bicyclists like that, pero hindi dapat ganun. Even international standards have shown that the bike lanes are to protect cyclists from motor vehicles. They're not to cage them in. Mm-hmm. And then how we treat kasi our bicyclists and even pedestrians. For example, bawal tumad dito na- nakamamatay is such a cliche term. Or yung mga sidewalk sa EDSA na naka-cage. Mm-hmm. Sobrang like pr- car prioritization pa rin yung infrastructure natin. Very much, yeah. Very much, yes. Uh-oh. So, ang negative impact nun is napapansin. Dati kasi mag-bike ka lang. Hindi ka naman napapansin. Kaya sisitahin ka. Oh, I've heard stories na parang yung mga police, mapagalitan ka, oh, ba't wala ka sa bike lane? Actually, nangyari na yun sa akin twice eh. Pinagsabihan ako ng police na, oy, sa bike lane ka lang. Eh, I was overtaking. So, walang point. Parang, it's a good thing na napapansin at eh, nakikilala ang pagbibisikleta bilang a form of transportation. Pero may negative flash feedback pa rin na inappropriate. And, uh, in my opinion, uh, based on unfounded uh, theories and values. So, Siyempre, yun nga. Uh, yeah. Sabi nga namin naman nag-uusap kami na ano kaya feeling ng mga Shimanong or mga Shimanong na nag-bike na before. Kasi... Shimanong. Uh, Shimanong. Shimanong na manong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, yeah. Sa mga ibang Facebook pages nga, parang sasabihin nila, nagkakaroon pa rin ng debate about such things eh. Kasi yung mga ibang... Exactly. Even mo, among the bikers actually. Yeah, Nakikita yeah. ko yan eh. Oo, oh, kasi yung iba sa kanila, gusto nila tahimik na commute lang. Ayaw nilang nasisita. Parang... Sumunod na lang kayo para sa kanila. Sumunod na lang kayo kasi ano eh, like ayaw na ayaw namin mag- maingay yung commute namin. Ayaw namin napapansin. Yeah. Tayo yung nasisita. Pero at the same That's time That's a really good point. Oh. Yeah, pero at the same time parang yung mga advocates and people who know better or people who want to push for better infrastructure syempre hindi ka magsisettle doon. So even that has created tension no? uh, within the community as well. So yun, I guess overall yung new policies and infrastructures create generally better yung better yung out, outcome no yung yung environment yung pagkilala sa pagbabike yung pagbigay ng space overall okay siya pero it presented new problems that we didn't have before or we weren't experiencing before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yun yung challenge din right and i i think uh, one of the things din napapansin ko is sa social media ngayon ang dami ng car owners who are posting, you know, yung dashcam videos nila of bikers getting out of the bike lane. Uh, meron din namang also some bikers who are, you know, obviously not respecting the 
the the road no na nagkakarera sila sa kalsada while their cars cars on the road and, and this doesn't help the whole advocacy of this but it's only in the last year that I've actually noticed this kind of posting you know parang top gear type posts where nagpa-viral siya dahil oh yung biker dapat nasa bike lane yan yung mga tulad ng mga kamote rider videos no and and now that's the same thing that's happening to the to the cyclist kubra uh, I think my term nga sila sa mga bagong cyclist na ano uh, gem Jempoy ba? Tama ba yan? Jempoy, Jempoy. Jempoy, right. Jempoy, exactly. So, so yun na nga eh, parang it created this space for cyclists, pero tama ka na, na napapansin din siya. And uh, there's that negative feedback from from this new advocacy, you know? especially for a country that has been so used to motor vehicles for so long and and being the kings of the road. You know? Motor vehicles have have gotten all of the policy we we basically subsidize motor vehicles uh in this country so so they've including myself I, i'm a i'm a driver as well so we we've always felt that we have a right to the road no yun, yun yung palagi eh. uh, in in fact it's a baguio session road still does not allow cyclists uh, despite promoting cycling every sunday with the mayor biking all over bawal pa rin ng bike sa session road so this is something that we've been working on for I don't know two decades na yata. And uh yun na nga eh. Um do you also ride your bike for sport or do you only ride it for commuting? Uh I used to <laughs> when I had time. So before um uh, actually <clears throat> I used to own uh before I owned my current bike. Parang I nagin throwback posts nga ako eh. I used to own like a road bike, a mountain mm-hmm. bike, a gravel bike and a oh, different <laughs> ne, pero at different intervals yon time pero yun mm-hmm. uh, before uh, when it wasn't so busy uh, I used to ride uh, for parang train for Odax tapos I was actually training for a duathlon with with a friend so ako yung nakabike siya itatakbo but then I don't do trails uh, more of talagang road cycling yung ginawa ko Mm-hmm. But now, uh, syempre, I need to, parang wala nang time eh. Yeah, yeah. So most of my riding is commuting. But, um, and in the future, pag mas ayos na yung restrictions, a bike touring and bike packing. So yun yung plan ko talaga. But yeah, I used to ride it for sport. And your bike now is a Surly, tama ba? Uh, uh, Surly long haul trucker na... Uh, mm, so pang pang ano talaga pang karga long long distance touring. Yeah. And I saw you it's loaded, diba? eh, parang, okay. Do you ride with it like this every day? Parang uh-huh. palagi siyang puno ng laman. Okay, so yung build philosophy ko noon for that bike is uh, so I got a Surly long haul trucker nga. So when you look at Surly site it's basically made for uh, touring or ultra commuting yung tawag nila doon. So, long wheelbase, 26er tires, uh, maganda yung rake ng fork, so it's able to to take front or rear load. No? Uh, so, it's, well, the plan actually was to make it like my, uh, to, to, to parang to compare to a car, like an SUV or a pickup. So, parang utility, utilitarian siya talaga. So, yung main bags ko dun sa bike na yun is yung front bag na nasa basket. Tapos yung pannier duffel bag. 
the three other bags are compartment bags talaga. Like, yung bag sa isa sa drive side is contains my med kit at saka additional storage for without takeout or food. Tapos yung dalawang pannier front racks is usually for grocery or if I need the, to pick up items along the way. So, parang more or less loaded siya everyday kasi I bring a lot of stuff to work. And I also, parang I have to bring enough clothes if I need I get stranded or I need to stay in the hospital for duty. So, yun. Pero, um, it's also able to carry more stuff when I need to. So, tapos finally, yung final touch doon is yung rear rack nun, double deck. So, oh. may flat loading siya doon. Kung papansin mo, may loading siyang ganun. Tapos yung sabitan ng pannier na sa baba. Sa baba, So, I could okay. still put on a box on top of it. So, para siyang flatbed ng ng pickup. So, yun. Uh, ganun talaga siya. Kasi yung gearing niya, super uh, low range gearing. Uh, it's not meant to go fast naman talaga. So, it's, parang right. I designed it in such a way na kahit mabigat yung dala ko, I could still uh, bike it. And part of this, no, I saw nga, uh, the first time I saw your page was when VP Lenny uh, posted about you delivering delivering their COVID care kits. Um, actually, over the last month, volunteer din ako dun sa... Dun sa e-consult, I was one of the people behind the phones, <laughs> contacting the doctors and and doing that. No, so I I because I had some free time last month, so yun yung ginagawa ko on the weekdays. Um, and how did how did this come about delivering the COVID care kits and what was the experience? No, delivering to all of these uh, COVID patients. Because I um you know I was only doing the calls on the phone, but sometimes I get affected by you know they're so grateful. Uh, for for the help they're getting even though i, i- teleconsult lang siya parang sobrang nagpapasalamat sila dun sa tulong and and there's so much outpouring of of gratefulness no for all the help that they're getting na that they I think I don't know but it felt like it felt like it was the first time for them to be noticed parang ganun yung uh, nakuha kong feeling no just talking to them on the phone or kahit sa text lang parang yun yung natatanggap kong feeling as a as a volunteer uh, talking to all of these patients so how was that experience for you so to, parang uh, the yung ginagawa na, uh, ni ng OVP official vice president is to augment really the the stress uh, in the national uh, in the local health systems no Now, when you look at, ano kasi, uh, aside from, ano kasi, in Ateneo kasi, they teach us uh, public health. Uh, mm-hmm. I, we don't have, we have an MBA kasi, but more for public health systems. Um, so, they teach you about, uh, the one thing that they teach you the most is about the social determinants of health. So, when we look at health in a one-to-one basis, like to a person or consult, ano lang yan eh, uh, doctor-patient, reseta or doctor-patient test reseta, then or hospital admission. Mm-hmm. But the reality about that is it, there are so ma- much more things going on in that interaction that has been strained by COVID. And one of them is health uh, uh, access to healthcare and health service delivery na tinatawag. So in my in keeping that in that that, that context, sabi ko, how else can I help? No, kasi it's easy for me to do the e-consult to be a uh, to do the consults no pero that's something that's have been been doing by so many other people yeah 
But that's just one part of it, eh. So, pa nag-consult sila, how are they able to get the other resources that they need? Eh, napansin ko na yung OVP, they pay for Grab, Lala Move to deliver the kits. So, sabi mm-hmm. ko, I mean, maliit lang yung maging contribution ko, pero I think I can dent it. Kasi, alam mo naman natin kung gano'ng kamahal yung Grab o Lala Move. Yeah, eh. yeah, mahal. So, oh. And most of the time, one or two boxes lang. But my bike can bring like six to eight. Wow. So, what I did, to, sabi ko sa nila, I reached out to Trisha, which is uh, my junior sa med school, and sabi ko sa nila, I want to help, pero in a different way. I want to be able to deliver the COVID care kits uh, because I want, syempre, sabi ko, alam ko, nagbabayad kayo. So, feeling ko kasi that money could go somewhere else. And at the same time, I mean, mm. I bike around naman. So, I have spare time before or after shift and I can bring, parang I can go to as much people as possible in a Uh, and bring that kit, uh, kits na tuloy-tuloy, na you don't need to keep the thing. Mm-hmm. No? So, yun. Uh, and lastly, syempre, uh, kahit pa paano, I'm vaccinated at that time already. Eh. So, I'm, I, and I know how to take care of, I, I face COVID patients every day. So, kumbaga, in a way, I'm, I want to lessen uh, yung exposure ng ibang tao. Siyempre, siyempre, yung mga grab, ang, ang Lala Movie, or whoever, courier service, ang incentive nila, babayaran sila, di ba? Yeah. Pero siyempre, may danger sa work yun. So, if I could dent that a little, um, you know, like, in a way. So, it started noon, uh, ang plan namin, siyempre, nakabike ako, I'm not at fast, is to consolidate a certain radius of um, delivery of houses that I deliver to in, a cer- in certain cities. Ang focus ko nung time na yun is Pasig, Makati, San Juan, at saka uh, Mandaluyong. Mm-hmm. So, yung areas na yun kasi compact enough for a bicycle na it will take me around 2 to 3 hours to deliver like 6 kits. So, yun. So, start my day. Uh, the day before, I get the kits. I get the list of people who I deliver it to. The next day, I text them to mag-receive. Tapos yun, I go on my way. Nakakatuwa lang kasi uh, maraming parang you get to experience uh, what it's like to to really give health resources to people directly at their doorstep. No? Mm-hmm. Uh, kasi talaga na yung mga naka-home isolate, hindi mo sila makakalabas eh or mag-isa sila. Or like may mga certain cases na yung pala lolo, ay lolo, magulang nila yung sinayinapan nila. So, right. Marami akong natawagan ganyan. <laughs> oh, so technically for example, like yung ang nangyayari generally is I live somewhere far and alam ko nagkasakit yung yung relatives ko. Napa-test sila. So nobody can take care of them. I parang walang kayang mag-alaga on a day-to-day basis. Hindi mm. rin mapadala ng, ng resources na kailangan. So the OVP is able to deliver the care kits. Turuan sila paano mag-self-monitor, di ba? Yeah. So, malaking ginhawa yun for them and for the relatives also. So, yun. Uh, in the end kasi, it's really more of health service delivery na important doon. Kasi, uh, ano yun yung ng patient nyo consult kung hindi nila kaya makuha yung medications na na dapat para sa kanila or they can do, ano. And finally, syempre, um, puno na yung mga ER at that time. So, ang strategy talaga, um, even the private sector is to really limit the people going to the hospitals. But then, if people didn't know how to or didn't have the resources to monitor themselves, 
hindi na kaya. So that that health that that simple kit and the e-consulta actually empowers a person to take care of himself or herself, di ba? So yeah, yeah. Yeah, grabe uh, yun nga, eh, nakikita ko I mean, narinig ko when I call them uh, that sense of relief that someone actually cares, di ba? That they they can get the health care at home or or simply just talking to a doctor um ang laking ginhawa eh. hindi ko hindi ko ma-quantify or hindi ko ma- actually ma-describe ko ano yung uh yung ginhawa in their voice when when they actually uh receive that information from you or when you connect them to a doctor or or when you say that the covid care kits is on the way uh, it's really some it's like a it's like a weight being lifted from their shoulders and and I don't know how many people the VP's office has helped. No, yung listahan namin nasa thousands. <laughs> so, so it's you know it's a, it's a significant number. And yun nga, people like you delivering the kits. And sabi mo nga, uh, one of those benefits, as you said, was keeping the grab drivers away from infection. So you're actually helping cutting cutting the line of infection in some way. You know. Um, since you're vaccinated and of course you're you're a doctor you know how to avoid all of these things uh, that's uh that's that's you know it's a significant contribution for six let's say it's six grab drivers a day ang nabawas dun sa dun sa transmission um during this whole pandemic i've noticed that there's always there's more news about being an emergency medicine doctor there's more news about um emergencies bike emergencies on the road parang ang dami ng accidents is this something you you you've been able to to notice while you're riding uh, dami ka na bang natulungan in a, you know a bike emergency situation uh, in the last year actually hopefully eh wait para ah uh, hindi naman um the nice thing about us i didn't need to parang the fortunate thing is i didn't need to take care of really uh, bad cases. Um, there were twice lang na for some reason, the one time I, I was with uh, Ezra Akayan of Getty Images. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yun. Nasin, ah, sabi ko hindi staged yun. Nangyari talaga yun. So parang nangyari yun sa C5. Actually, it wasn't mm-hmm. a bike. It was a motorcycle. Pero oh. the one with uh, motorcycle yun versus another motorcycle. Um, but then the other one is with uh, the time I was going, uh, we, I was on a ride with Lester Babiera of uh, First Bike Ride. Yun, bicycle yun. No? Mm. So in, in that uh, respect, no, um, siyempre we need hard data. Pero anecdotally, I've actually gotten calls then about friends or uh, people who ask, Uy, na, nahulog si ganito or naaksinin si ganito, anong gagawin namin? Siyempre, with the increase in the trips, no? Uh, um, Siyempre, a pessimistic person would say, Siyempre, dumadami yung mga nagbabike. Madadami talaga yung karoon ng incident, no? Pero, I refuse to call it an accident, no? Actually, even advocates for road safety don't call it accidents. It's an incident or a crash. An accident kasi um, underlines na there's no blame or there's no responsible party. But there always is. If it's not directly the person involved in the incident, it's the greater community or the government uh, whose responsibility it is to maintain uh, safe infrastructure and policy for everyone. 
Right. So, yung mga big incidents na nangyayari is either, uh, syempre, may mga times talaga na it's uh, an errant driver or a misinformed cyclist. But there are times also it's about poor infrastructure, uh, poor um, bike, infra- well, even poor bike infrastructure, pero inadequate bike infrastructure. Um, our roads are really primarily designed for cars, so lapad, mm-hmm. parang mag-lift turn, or parang, so yun. Uh, so with the increase in trips, syempre, anecdotally, you'll, say, you'll, you'll see an increase in uh, incidents. But of course, we need hard data for that. You know, pinaka-important. Yep. So, Lahat ngayon, anecdotal lang. Ano? Yeah, pero syempre, in, in my end, as in my personal experience, I've I've responded to some, but fortunately, not that bad. Um, I've had friends or um, acquaintances who have under, parang nagkaroon sila ng, ano, ng bike incident, crash, pero nothing that bad. So, okay. and then, finally, syempre, the, the the cycling boom is not just about transport eh. it's about uh, recreation no dami nagbo-bike ngayon na, na used to do another sport but since cycling is physically distant easily accessible uh, and enjoyable kasi it's a social activity without the with the distancing no mas mas dumadami yung nagbo-bike mas dumadami yung nag-long ride so tama, with that aspect tama. also um Sabi ko nga sa mga tao, walang gatekeeping, no? Although we do push for cycling as transportation, we also have to in- realize na parang we, we also need to put up cycling infrastructure for recreation. Like bike yeah. parks, uh, MTB parks, or even yung mga cycling, cycling highways, no? Kasi sa abroad, yung mga road cyclists, kung pupunta ka sa Italy, parang yung mga, or yung mga areas na na meron talagang cycling culture, road cycling culture, alam nila na nirespeto lang yung mga bikes, may designated cycleways talaga for bikes. So even in the recreation aspect, we need to have infrastructure for that. Kasi kasama din sila sa, sa mga naapektuhan. No? And uh, I, I noticed this on your IG a lot. You always post about normalizing wearing regular clothes <laughs> for cycling. Uh, alam ko to kasi madami din ako friends na, you know, cyclists na you know, spandex and sports clothes and everything. And and in the Philippines, actually, when you say cyclist, nobody really thinks of bike commuters. They always think of the sports cyclist. Yun, yun, yun kaagad yung tinitingnan. So, so why, is, why can you talk about this? Why do you always advocate for normalizing wearing regular clothes when cycling? Okay, so yung lens na sinasabi mo, it's, it's for the middle to upper class. Yun yung lens nila. Yeah. Cycling is a sport. Cycling is a toy, you know. But when you go to the lower lower income classes, pag na bike ka, it's like na bike ka. You're going to bibili ng tinapay o bibili ng suka or ng soft drinks. O bike lang ako na yan. Hindi naman sila na spandex eh. Tama. The thing about that is number one, it's to break that that cycling is a sport only thing in the in the upper and middle class. No? I mean, syempre the, the people will always say in any mobility is a public good in any public good thing it's the masses that actually rep, should represent that type of good like for example uh, uh, in public health no hindi natin sabihin oy healthy naman yung population natin if you're looking at the upper to middle income class tingnan mo yung lower classes kung healthy ba talaga sila or nutrition ganun din sa mobility and cycling but syempre, ang mas malakas yung bosses is yung mga sa middle and upper class. They influence policy. Yeah. They influence uh, uh, kung ano yung mga nasa malls natin. No? Eh, sila yung mga nakaki-interact natin madalas. If I push for uh, no, ano, normalizing normal cycle wear to 
as a as a bike commuter kasi it's to break that 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 mindset that cycling is a sport no na parang hindi lahat nag nagba-bike ay recreational cyclist meron mga taong nagbabike kasi pinili nilang magbike as transportation. Siyempre, siyempre, yun nga lang yung, I mean, they always say, social, so, social studies people or economists will always say, yung mga middle income people will always have that middle ground, uh, the voice of the middle class, la la la. Pero siyempre, uh, with that, you know, like, if I can push for that and my audience kasi, uh, as a person and all my friends are in that social economic uh, spectrum pag nakita nila ako na naka normal clothes kasi nagbabike doon nila ma-realize oh nga no hindi lang pala siya pang sport no pang transportation second is actually it's really to for people to be comfortable with to for to cycle whatever they wear i've actually spoken to friends who are female that it's mas mahirap mag-normalize ng cycling ng normal clothes to cycling no kasi even within their community, may, may backlash na parang, huy, dapat naka-sports attire ka pa, nagbabike ka sa mga females. Eh, sila yung, uh, may mga girls na gusto, naka-dress or na-cute out. Si Pinay Bike Commuter, si Jerry Amarnani, naka, mm. minsan naka-dress siya pa, nagbabike, no? So, bakit hindi tanggap ng society yun? Dapat tanggap nila. Kasi, the bike is actually, at the end, just a tool. It's, right. it's, a, it's a part of you, it's a part of your community, it's a part of your life. It's not, a totally different aspect of you na kailangan mong mag-gear up. But on uh, that light then, syempre, kung saan ka comfortable, like, kung, ano, may kilala ko, si Marco Sansad, bike commuter siya, na from Fairview to Mahati, one way, 20 kilometers oh, plus. Layo. <laughs> pero, pero road cyclist siya. So, ang suot niya, pag mm-hmm. nagpa-bike, like, ra, deep set, yeah. tapos palit siya ng, so, yun, that's what works with for yeah. him. Pero at the same time, kung may mga tao nagpa-bike na naka- naka-normal clothes, niyaan natin sila. Kasi at the end of the day, yung mga shimanong, hindi naman yung suot nila eh. Doesn't matter. At the end, parang, the end goal is make cycling so normal. Right. So that it doesn't really matter what you wear or what you ride on a bike. It's normal. People bike. Yeah. So malayo pa tayo doon, pero yun yung push ko. Kaya normalize normal clothes for cycling talaga. You know, I, I ask you this question because it's an anecdote. When I got married, um, almost 10 years ago, eight years ago, uh, we actually cycled from the church to the venue, yung, yung kainan. So my wife was in a dress, I was in a barong, and ano, nice. uh, I think I think it was two and a half kilometers. Di naman malayo, and mm-hmm. uh, mostly flat, uh, yung, yung ano namin. So, so that, you know, it was, it was a nice, ano, na, you know, you can actually do that. No? And we did it, my wife was in a long dress, and, and, Okay naman, pwede naman. <laughs> hindi naman hindi naman kami uh, nasiraan on the way or anything. So, it's it's definitely something that's possible, no? And as you say, normalizing it uh will help with policy uh to change the policy because nga, the middle class and the the upper class are the ones that dictate policy, no? And and we're in a position to to help influence that. Uh in line with this, are you for or against helmets on the road? This is a big, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, such a big uh, issue with the bike groups and uh, the the bike commuting uh, advocacies. No, madaming for, madaming against. Um, what's your take on this? Okay, so there's a proper way of answering that question. I am not against helmets. Huh? I am. I highly encourage wearing helmets. No. 
but it's not for the reasons that people think. I am we mo- most of us are against mandatory cycling laws that are punitive and narrow-minded. What? How do I say this? Remember that in the there's what we call layers of safety in uh, in disaster medicine or in general safety about safety. No? And the focus kasi when you you make punitive helmet requirement laws, it narrows the blame to the person. Right. It and it stops there. People then ignore the social controls, the infrastructure controls, no, the, the infrastructure safety controls that should be in place even before the helmet is there. The helmet only protects the head and it's rated for like cycling uh, speeds, no? It's not rated to protect the head when a cyclist is hit by a car. It's not, no? And sabi nga nila may meme nga na na helmet na sa ganun pero basag-basag yung buong katawan. Hindi yun eh. But the tendency kasi is to na- no narrow it down, the safety, to blame poor, put all the safety, the blame towards the cyclist but forgetting the social policy and infrastructure safety controls and measures that should be there. Kasi ang, ang, ang car, ganun yun eh. It's how we treat the car. Oy, pa di ka na kasi seatbelt. Seatbelt ka, kasalanan mo yan. Pero tingnan mo naman yung kotse, may airbag, bakal yan. Nakapaligid yan. Yeah. So, govern, government and bigger bodies don't really need to invest on the safety kasi they just have to like okay implement uh, implement natin uh, yung kali maganda uh, speed limits pero on the parang balot na balot na yung taon safety hindi mo nang pwede gawin sa bisikleta hindi mo pwede ibalot yung tao na o ikaw yung magbalot ng armor hindi it's society should be able to invest in those safety infrastructures for cyclists and even sorry pinahulog and even pedestrians, di ba? Yeah. So parang yun yung, yun yung nawawala sa discussions. So yun, uh, anyway, so going back. So yun, yun yung, I, I, siyempre as an emergency physician, no, I always ad- advocate for helmet use. Mm-hmm. Siyempre, at the end of the day, it's hard to deal with head trauma. Broken bones, kaya uh, abdominal injury to extent, kaya gumaganon. Pero yung head, pag head yung na-injure, wala, talo ka talaga. Mm-hmm. But then, we have to zoom out the discussion in stating na we shouldn't be limited by those things kasi ang nangyayari nag-narrow down yung focus on what's supposed to be infrastructure level safety and policy nagiging on the personal level lang so yun that's yun right. so that, that's right that's, that's my position this, I've seen this uh, from from motorists no na sinasabi nila hindi ka kasi naka-helmet or pag nabangga ka nila and namatay ay hindi kasi naka-helmet parang yun yung uh, kumbaga victim blaming ang nangyayari and and we're not really looking at you know why was he driving 60 kilometers per hour in a 30 kilometer per hour zone or or bakit walang infrastructure for for cyclists there why is there no pedestrian infrastructure and all actually, of these different things no, that that would add to the safety for cyclists actually to add pala may study Nicola, I forget the exact study pero may study kasi na nagpapakita na drivers tend to slow down on passing bikers or bicyclists without helmets. So parang mas lumalaki yung passing zone nila, mas mabagal. So pag naka-helmet ka actually, mas wala silang pake. Mas <laughs> so, kampante sila. Na, 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 it looks safe. Oh, 
I think I think nabasa ko nga yung study na yan. Yeah. I think nabasa ko. And 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 it it echoes the same thing when I'm, you know, when I'm on my Japanese bike na I I feel the drivers binibigyan nila ako space. Mas mabagal sila around me kasi it looks like I'm not an expert biker and I'm not, you know, I'm not a safe safe cyclist on the road. So so they actually drive safely around me. So so yun. Anyway, thank you so much for such a you know insightful discussion this afternoon. Um, maybe it's a last question. Is there something you would like to see in terms of the 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 work that needs to be done for making both bike and pedestrian friendly streets in the Philippines? Ah, uh, so siguro it's been a great. Sabi nga namin, uh, the silver lining of the pandemic not just in the Philippines, but in the whole world, is the increase in bike commuting, the increase in bicycle use. No? So yun yung silver lining na sa lahat ng kapangitan na dinala ng COVID, yun yung pinamaganda. And sobrang uh, surreal that in the span of a year, sobrang daming nagawa. Um, my people, there are more people out there doing so much work, like si Kisha, Mayuga, Aldrin, Pelicano, sila Rob, uh, these people, and sila Rob, si, uh, these people have been doing so much work uh, that uh, really has pushed, has pushed the cycling advocacy. No? And even the, the may mga senior generation of cycling advocates, eh, uh, I think DCM Baguio is one of them. Uh, matagal right, yes, yes, yes. Oh. So, kayo, the work that you've done in Baguio, the work they do in Iloilo, no? But now is the time to capitalize on that, no? Parang, pigain na natin. Um, Siyempre, some people say it's a fad, no? May, may secretary, undersecretary pa ato, or someone interview na parang, sinasabi fad lang, no, yung pagbabike. Hindi. It's here to stay. Pero, we need to strengthen our foothold uh, with regards to that, we have to to strengthen our community and strengthen to the push for infrastructure and policy. No, um, even abroad, nagkaka problems sila kasi the closed streets that they had for pedestrians and cyclists are slowly given being given back to cars. Mm-hmm. So we have to resist that. No, we have to resist going back to that. No, but then there's always hope. Na sinimulan ng mga tao various individuals and groups na tuloy-tuloy lang. And what my hope really is to make it, to make cycling a part of our lives. No? And, and even, of course, make walking. Uh, non uh, Personal mobility is a part of our lives. No? And there's so many ways uh, for that to happen. Per siempre, I just choose the bicycle uh, as my mode of transportation. Per siempre, there's uh, pedestrian, public transportation, mass transportation, maraming forms of transportation involved. Pero yun yun eh, parang this pandemic has shown us how weak and how inadequate uh, a car, uh, car-focused uh, type of transportation and mobility is. And nawalan lang ng, ng options like Grab and whatever, na-cripple na yung system. Because we haven't been giving attention to cycling, walking, or or more than adequate mass transportation. So, huwag na tayo bumalik nun sa dati. Nasimulan na yung work eh. Push na natin forward. Maraming challenges. Uh, people who are in the advocacy work, uh, who do more, to do more work than I do, uh, know this challenge. No? And for the bike commuter, uh, for, the, for the person who 
rides his or her bike. Mag-bike lang kayo. Tuloy lang. Kasi, um, what's surprising actually uh, to close is, ahala namin sa hospital ko, uh, once uh, GPs and buses are back, karamihan magre-revert back. Hindi, they stayed. They stayed to ride their bikes. No? Karamihan stayed to ride their bikes. And that show, just goes to show that they've realized the, the benefit and the love for cycling and even uh, bike commuting. So, sa mga tao nagbabike, to, to bike lang tayo kasi sabi nga nila na as, as you have to, parang riding your bike every day is a, a form of advocacy itself. No? It's pushing for uh, the culture, the advocacy of making cycling as transportation normal. So, and the way things are supposed to be. That was Dr. Andro Umali, bike commuter extraordinaire and also emergency medicine doctor. So we need more doctors like him to lead the way because I really feel that doctors are looked up to in the Philippines. You know, a lot of people uh, in a lot of communities look up to the doctors in our in our society because they're highly educated they're seen as the epitome of a career choice and normally those doctors are seen they're expected they're expected to be driving these fancy cars you know SUVs Mercedes-Benz BMW but here's Andro on his surly long haul trucker trucking along Metro Manila streets in a you know full gear like full pioneers and everything going to work every single day rain or shine we need more examples like him more doctors like him who can go to work uh, I mean it's possible he's been doing it for three years now every single day no matter the weather he's there and I mean just imagine the impact if doctors could be that example for the Philippines you know um, it's just uh, like for me you know parents a lot of parents they'll tell their ch- kids to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that but when you see them you know people look at doctors and they see them as you know the epitome of a career where once you, you're a doctor you're made but you have to own a car. You have to own a good car, a nice car, um, BMW, Mercedes, or you know, uh, Toyota Hilux, <laughs> one of those cars. You know, so and and but it can also be a bike. It's not about the fancy car. It's about getting to work every single day, uh, and that's it. You know, it's not it's not the fanciness of it. It's the mobility. It's getting from one place to another. And I think doctors getting into this will change the game, change the mindset of it, um, of all that. And uh, one of the things I forgot to mention during, you know, I I mentioned during the episode that I was a volunteer for a month with VP Lenny's e-consulta. And that was such an amazing time for me. Uh, I didn't really do, I did maybe three days a week when I did it and uh, if you have the time I really really highly encourage you to volunteer because they need a lot of help 
I've stopped volunteering since because I've gotten a bit more busy. But I mean, you you are helping these people, uh, these COVID patients, and not just COVID patients. Everybody who I've talked to, every patient I've talked to during that time was so thankful for the help. Imagine it's just a phone call. All you have to do is connect them to a doctor, make it known that they are known, you know, that they are of concern. And I mean, for me, it was amazing. There are times that it felt like, wow, this is, this was, you know, a little bit, it was just, I can't put it into words, but it's really something that was special. Uh, being able to help all of these people who feel invisible and you're making them visible through VP Lenny's work. So if you can, go over to to the e-consulta platform of VP Lenny on Facebook and, you know, volunteer. They definitely need the help. Um, and of course, this episode would not be possible without the help of Atlas Commune. Atlas Commune is this amazing, amazing company that brings in products that are not only environmentally friendly, they bring in products that are part of the circular economy. So they are products that, that from cradle to grave, are seen as sustainable. Meaning, when they make it, during the sale of it, the, some of the profits goes to good work for society, for the environment. Once it goes back into the landfill, it gets recycled. Uh, and they're even part of 1% for the planet. So go go support this company. They're called Atlas Commune. You can find them on Instagram, atlascommune.com. And uh, uh, see their products. They're amazing, amazing products. So thank you again for listening to the Wildcast Podcast. And catch you next week with another episode of the Wildcast.